Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we do not report just period on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. No, we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we are back. I am back at the Ark Encounter. Yeah. And I am still in the Galapagos Islands. Yeah. How's that going? How's the Galapagos? <sighs> it's so... Ready. Like, you're right on the equator there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Quito. Quito's on the equator. Wow. Yeah, Ecuador. So, yeah, the Galapagos Islands is owned by the country of Ecuador. And they are like a world leader in how we could fix things through regulation. Mm. Like, you fly into the airport and they're like, well, we don't have AC because... We're the Galapagos Islands, mm. and we can't do that kind of thing wow. because it's bad. Okay. Yeah, so just like so many things are efficiently run and green, and it's just a standard of that place, you know? We yeah. couldn't find anything made of plastic. Wow. They just don't have it. That's wild. And my friend Beowulf wanted stickers. Yeah. So I started looking around, and I was like, I can't find any stickers. And then finally I asked one, and they were like, well, you dumbbell, we don't have plastic. <laughs> How would we make those? What would we make them out of? So then I bought a Gatorade and a glass bottle and left. Whoa, Gatorade and a glass bottle. I know, it's wild. I'm trying to picture it. Anyway, it's so beautiful. You can definitely see why Darwin was inspired. So many so... different kinds of animals on different islands. Yeah. Ugh. And they're all not afraid of you because they're just like, when we see humans, they're cool to us. Do you they see... just keep on their little paths. Okay. Do you see any finches? We did see finches, wow. yes. Yes, Darwin famously. Okay. So you were at the equator, but it doesn't sound like you were in the Here doldrums. Oh, no, I don't get it. Oh, the doldrums are the still waters near the equator because <sighs> the Coriolis effect is not moving okay. the wind. So <laughs> okay. the, the ships would get stuck. Oh, okay, I it's, only know it's vernacular use. It's a little obtuse. <laughs> but I'm happy, and that's what matters. But yeah, no, it was great. So, okay, yeah, picture it. I'm out on my honeymoon looking at the beautiful, clear blue waters thinking, ah, oh, science really did it this time. And where are you? I'm off in Kentucky. Oh. Williamstown at the Ark Encounter. Oh. So, uh, yeah, last time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Ship? It's a ship? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, so they don't like calling it a boat? Yeah, they feel like that's demeaning, diminutive. They get really, and by they, I mean Ken Ham. But, oh. <laughs> you know, lots of people here subscribe to Ken Ham's peccadillos, and one of them is calling the Ark a boat or making mm. making it look toy-like or cartoonish. Like when people who do sketch comedy are like, it's not a skit. <laughs> it's a sketch. Some people wrote in to say that ship technically has to have boats on it, like lifeboats, oh. which the Ark did not. But you could make the argument that it itself is one big lifeboat. When does a ship become a different ship? You ever think about that? Oh, like Theseus's ship? Yeah, but I'm more like saying like, what if a ship wasn't even a ship because you put it on ground in the middle of Kentucky? Oh, right. It doesn't act as a ship. Mm. It doesn't float in the water. It's moored to a large cement building. Yeah, I feel once you've done that, you have sort of given up your right to complain about people calling your thing a boat. This is the it's sort a of compliment at that point. Mm-hmm. 
take what you can. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those things that would come up in Go Fact Yourself, another mm-hmm. great show on the Maximum Fun Network, because they'll have this little point of clarification round where you have to guess the distinction between two things. Oh, sound- right. We got curtain and drapes. Yeah. Oh, good memory. I didn't remember that at all. But yeah. They would ask something like that, like define the difference between a ship and a boat. All right. Quick dictionary.com result here. In casual use, the word boat is often used to refer to any water going vessel, regardless of its size or how it's powered. However, large ocean-faring watercraft, those that use multiple sails or engines, the Ark has neither, are more properly called ships. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll let Ken have What if it's have never seen water and a building's attached to it? Is it a ship then? <laughs> we'll let the listener decide. All right. So last time I just told you about Ken Ham's big introductory speech in this like huge auditorium hall inside the answer center ham appetizer yep and thus far i hadn't seen the main park yet oh so now was my time and i think it was at this point like a little after two o'clock well i wanted to get some food sure hungry though i guess i'm on eastern time now so my body still thinks it's like 11 but sure anyway okay. i'm tired i'm on four and a half hours of sleep Ugh. in the moment and i want food the royal now yeah. right And so, yeah, I walk out the other side of the answer center that essentially puts you into the park. And here's where, Carrie, I'm going to give you a map of the facility so you you can see what I'm talking about as I explore the campus of the theme park. Sorry, the last talk you went to, was it on the Ark or not on the Ark? It was not on the Ark. Not on the Ark. Yeah, you saw, I showed Carrie a picture of like all these thousands of seats and this very tall auditorium space. That was all in the answer center. Oh, that's right. Okay. So you can see that sort of on the far right of this map. Carrie and I are both looking Mm -hmm. at this park map that is very much like the kind of park map that you've gotten if you've gone to Disneyland or Disney World. (laughs) Bad, but we're trying to emulate them, but they're bad. (laughs) Shows you all the different features and where to walk around. So I'm coming out of that answer center. If I had skipped the answer center from the parking lot, arcing lot, and went (laughs) through that little rainbow tunnel, it would have taken me out to this same space. So, okay, now finally I get to, like, see the arc up close. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be pretty close to where you're dubbed out at the end of the thing. Yeah, exactly. So they want you to have that experience of kind of like, you know, the beginning of Jurassic Park, or at least the beginning where they show up, you know, Dr. Grant and Ellie, like, they see the brachiosaurs. Oh, we're thinking of a specific moment. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, Uh you know, they do that, whoa, what? It's a real Uh, dinosaur, and they uh look up and the uh camera cranes Someone takes their glasses off or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Ken Ham wants you to do that here and be like, uh, here it is, it's the Ark. Yes, okay, so there's a little gatekeeping to the Ark with this answer center. Yeah, so you come out of the answer center or go through that rainbow passageway and yeah, now you see it in front of you. It's arranged lengthwise so that the long side is facing you, yeah. essentially. And uh, I'll show you a picture. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks like a big harmonica. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's not like a perfect box. And it's got a tail. Right. And artistic representations of the Ark have evolved over time, and some people have like painted it or engraved it as being like essentially just a box. Because the biblical description just says that it's 300 cubits long, width is 50 cubits, and its height is 30 cubits. Okay. And we always just assume these are Noah's 
elbow to fingertip dimensions but right. we don't have that we don't have like if we had this bone somewhere and we're like this, oh yeah this is definitely a skeleton that might tell us something but we don't so we have to guess and there will be a good spot later for me to talk exactly about the dimensions of these cubits and how they figure that out oh good also this photo of the ark it's darker looking than i expected it's more of like a gray black than a brown yes huh. so when it was first built and released in 2016, it was kind of this light, I would say like birch color. It was like, mm, I love that color. Kind of like a light rosy color. Well, it turns out they made it not out of gopher wood, which is in the Bible. Carrie's giving me this <laughs> look like, what are you gopher talking Gopher from the love boat? Is there a gopher in the love boat? Yeah, but okay. it's okay. Okay, what's gopher wood? Okay, well, that's the problem. So Oh, the description in Genesis <laughs> says that God told Noah to make the ark out of gopher wood. And, and he meant gopher wood. So why don't you go for wood? <laughs> there's a Hebrew phrase that's always been transliterated as gopher. And sometimes people spell that G-O-F-E-R. Uh -huh. But it was in the like most common biblical translations just written as gopher like the animal. There's no real relation to the animal. Okay. But everyone says like gopher wood. And there's been centuries of debate over what is meant by the phrase gopher wood. Uh, okay, much like the mustard seed. So short version of that is a lot of people have said like, well, it's referring to Cyprus. That was common in the Middle East. Ken Ham will say, we don't know that it came from the Middle East because everything was different before the flood. Everything got moved around. So mm. we don't know what kind of plants were growing where before the flood happened. And I will say to Mr. Ham, this has ceased to be interesting. <laughs> right. Um, Sounds like he's really getting lost in his own little head about little things important to him. Oh, sure. Anyways, lots of debate about this. So some will say Cypress, but some will say it's more about like how you cut it. So it's like cubed wood. Oh, oh, okay. Or planed wood. And people will look at like the letters and say, well, actually, the gopher looks very similar to like kofir, which means pitch so maybe it's like pitched wood which god does tell noah like you've got to cover it in pitch on the inside and out uh -huh. <laughs> carrie's not into this so i just think humans might be alive too long oh like the, that they that, have just too much time to worry yeah, about this yeah, stuff yeah well they don't live as long as they used to yeah touche we'll get there yeah noah lived to be like a bajillion but to your point about the wood having gotten darker the exterior was all paneled with radiata pine and they sounds pretty yeah it's a beautiful light wood color and when you see like the initial videos and pictures of the ark launching mm. it had that really beautiful light rosy color but just in a few short years it's lost its color and turned gray oh okay and yeah now the whole ark just looks kind of gray and a little dismal yeah compared to that lovely first finish but they went to a lot of effort so just for that exterior wood hundreds of thousands of boards and they had them sure. shipped from new zealand huh. to why. the netherlands and what? the uk to get a special treatment the akoya treatment and i had to look this huh. up it's okay. like a kind of like weatherizing that helps prevent the wood from reacting to water so much so it doesn't expand and contract okay. and warp yeah, I mean, smart. Apparently, like, they kind of soak it in vinegar to uh, replace the hydroxyl group so it will interact with the water. They're not going to hit water with it, though. I mean, other than, what, rain? Rain. Just think about rain? Yeah. Okay. Think, you know, they wanted this to last for a long time, so it was a way of 
treating the wood just to have it last longer. Oh, and I guess a modern building just wouldn't have that much exposed wood. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. And then all that wood then shipped to North Carolina where it got milled. And then it gets sent to Kentucky. So that's a lot of transporting wood across the world just for the exterior wood. There's different types of wood for the interior. There's a whole sign about it inside the ark. So we'll probably talk about it more later. We hear a lot about things being shipped from one country to another to be blessed by monks and then given (laughs) energy here and so on. And usually that's a red flag for me that this didn't happen. But here I can kind of buy it. Oh, I totally believe it. And I'm sure Ken Ham could tell us like just how much he had to pay for that too, because he seems to always be thinking in those terms. So we've talked about the wood type a bit. We're talking about cubits. So I can tell you that the final dimensions of the Ark are 510 feet long. Okay. So this thing is huge. Yeah, long. It is truly huge. What's a football field? 300 feet. Okay. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah, uh, like one and two thirds football fields. It's 80 feet wide and 51 feet high. 51. Interesting. Okay. Even tells us here on the map that's 3.3 million board feet of timber that were used on it. It is the largest timber frame structure in the world. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it's uh, made with a variety of wood. So we'll talk more about the wood composition as we walk through the arc in, in later episodes. But like we said, you are invited to ask, well, what cubit did you use? Well, what cubit did you use? Thank you, Carrie. In the uh, gift store, shooting forward a little bit later, they actually sell a Noah's cubit. Oh, okay. Is, is it a ruler? Pretty fun. Yeah, it kind of is. It's fun. It's like thin and wooden and shellacked or varnished. And it's like got a little pointing finger <laughs> that you can use to sort of measure things. Cute. Let me pull up a picture for you. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't buy that. Oh, my goodness. I was so close to buying it. Yeah. Like, I would absolutely buy that for you if I saw it. I, <laughs> well, I would thank you because I really did want it, but I figured at least I could get the information from it by taking a picture or two. But yeah, <laughs> I was very close to buying that and I just didn't have enough room left in my luggage. Oh, sure. Seriously, with all the other stuff I bought in that gift store. On the back of it, it says, what is a cubit? A cubit is based on the measurement from the tip of the fingers to the elbow. Throughout history, there have been several different common cubit lengths. Okay. So like, okay, now we can start to break this down a little bit, make some educated guesses. So they give us the Hebrew cubit, 17.5 inches. Okay. The Egyptian cubit, 17.6 inches. About the same. Then comes the Babylonian royal cubit. Mm. So apparently the royal cubits added like an extra half hand length or something. That was 19.8 inches. The Hebrew long cubit was 20.4 inches, Uh which is the one they ended up using. And then the Egyptian royal cubit was 20.6 inches. So depending on which one of those you went with, you could have had a 437 and a half foot arc, or at the high end, you could have a 515 foot arc. And they went with the 510-foot arc, the Hebrew long one. You got to standardize things. You think you they would do math. If they were going for just the easiest construction job, they would have gone for that shorter cubit. Oh, sure. But I think they wanted it to be an impressive edifice. It would have been, but this is even more impressive at 510 feet long. Oh, so did they use the longest one? Not the longest one, but 1.2 inches shorter, the Hebrew long one, which they thought had been used for... 
like the reconstructed temple in Jerusalem. Okay. And yeah, so they were kind of looking at later references saying, well, we're just going to, you know, make an educated guess and say that Noah used that one. Oh, actually, it says it back here on the packaging. We don't know what cubit length Noah used to build the ark. But we know that in large-scale construction projects, ancient civilizations usually used the long cubit. In the Old Testament, we know Solomon used an older long cubit in construction of the temple. Wait, an older long cubit? So that's probably a different... Whatever. (laughs) So we can assume Noah probably used a long cubit for the construction of the ark. Why? How? (laughs) For the ark encounter, we decided to to use the length of the Hebrew long cubit. Yeah, and I haven't done any independent research on... That is too much explanation on their part. Ah. Like, just be like, now, to be clear, a cubit varies from person to person, but this is our closest guess. You don't need to give me 16 measurements, Ken Ham. Oh, yes, they do. Oh. But this gives you an idea of the amount of thought they put into every trace bit of yeah you know obscure data yeah, they there's had very little there in the story yeah and they have to extract from it <sighs> well i'm gonna go get a ruler we gotta know how many my cubit is carrie's getting a ruler so we can know the length of her cubit because i agree this is important information okay it looks like I'm 17.3. Okay. Wait, I'm at 17.5. So we have very similar Okay, cubits. very similar cubits. Okay. So uh, we would have made slightly shorter arcs if they used our cubits. So, okay, the official Ono, Ross, and Carrie cubit is 17.4 inches. Our <laughs> oh, yeah, I like yeah. it. This thing also kind of looks like a little back scratcher. Yeah, I really did want to buy it. You totally oh, yeah. called it. That's and it, cool. It's got a little like hole for hanging at the end. Oh, this is a great piece of merchandise. <laughs> I love the Noah's Cubit. <laughs> so if you end up in Kentucky, listener, don't order it from the website. That's cheating. But if you end up in <laughs> Kentucky at the Ark Encounter, yeah, pick this up for Rob. Yeah, don't go there just for me. Probably. Oh, yeah, that's even worse. Okay. You have to be at the Ark Encounter just because. <laughs> Organically. <laughs> just, it just happened. <laughs> you were walking out of Cincinnati and suddenly you're at the Ark Encounter. Okay. I feel like I need to address the pitch issue as well, just because we're talking about the construction of this amazing big arc that I'm looking at. As oh, yeah. I everybody's just thinking exited. about the pitch issue. All right. So Genesis 6.14 says, make an arc of gopher wood. You shall make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and out. And people looking oh. at this beautiful wood that has desaturated to gray are wondering, wait, where's all the pitch? Because pitch is like a black oil thing. It's tar. Right? Tar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And oh, tar was a good movie. It makes sense. Oh, you just saw that. Yeah. And told sorry. Me about it. Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. Pitch. Yes. I'd be interested to hear the pitch for tar. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. I'm focusing. I'm focusing. <laughs> all right. So it makes sense because you want it to be waterproof. But Answers in Genesis has a really interesting take on this. They say, well, come on. This is before the flood. There couldn't have been petroleum because they feel that all the petroleum that's in the earth was created during the flood with the immense amount of pressure and trees Uh being crushed down. They don't believe in this whole like ancient carboniferous forest being buried. Okay. So instead of just seeing this as another thing they need to explain, Mm -hmm. it's another thing I need to explain. Yeah. (laughs) I see. I see. I'll read from one of their interior signs about this. The source of the pitch for Noah's Ark is not known. It could have been bitumen or gums extracted from plant resins. The process of manufacturing pitch from pine resin has ancient origins. 
Wooden ships were waterproofed by pitch from tree resins well before the oil industry was born. They could still make tar. They could find bubbling tar and use it as... Whatever. That, sorry, that's me, not the sign. The, the, <laughs> back to the it's sign. Just in the parentheses. <laughs> I would love to see like that written out. <laughs> oh, wait, what the heck? <laughs> like on one of the displays inside the ark. <laughs> the core ingredient of plant resin pitch is gum rosin depending on the source and how it is cooked plant derived pitch can vary in color from light amber to almost black well they did not cover this arc inside or out mm. with pitch mm. of either kind mm. so already the arc is deviating a little bit oh from i would the, pack up if i were you <laughs> from the text but at least they're explaining that very thoroughly so we were talking about the shape as well. There have been many different artistic representations of those dimensions because it's rough dimensions of a rectilinear cube. <laughs> oh, I said rectal. But they had a little bit of artistic license here. And that's not my pun. That's on one of the signs inside the arc. And he I said artistic license? Yeah. And I sat there and gave them uh, an approving golf clap. Well played. Yeah. Well played. Pretty good. Because they've added like this kind of stabilization fin at the front of the arc. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the front. Yes. I would have thought that was the tail. A little okay. counterintuitive. It was made to float and not yeah. navigate. But Good point. So what is a front at that point? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Wise. But yeah, it's this very characteristic shape that kind of sticks up and out off the top. It looks kind of like when Flotsam and Jetsam are swimming in The, the Little, little mermaid. mermaid and their little tails go like... <laughs> Like the, the back end of it's doing that. Oh, okay. All you right. Know? I like it. And then at the, the back of the arc, you have kind of a keel of sorts, like, again, kind of a stabilization mechanism. So they had explanations later of how this was kind of one was used to keep it steady in the winds and one was to keep it steady in the, the waves. Oh, interesting. Okay. But... Gotta say, like, I'm impressed with how they've laid this whole thing out. Again, you come out and you have this like, whoa moment when you see this thing. Wow. But also it right in front of it is a lake or, you know, well, it's very small, glorified pond. Oh, yeah, that's tiny. Oh, yeah. I but, mean, it's certainly not going to service that boat. But you want some water within sight. You don't want just yeah, this boat the hanging suggestion. out in the desert. Yeah. And it's ringed by this carefully manicured green lawn. And there's some bushes and flowers up front. And there's reeds growing out of the edges of the water. And depending on the atmospheric conditions, you can see like the arc reflected or the sky reflected. Hmm. It can look really beautiful at certain times of the day. I thought it was very well laid out. They, yeah, they did cool. a good job of that design. Now, Looking at this map, I'm seeing Noah's Village Stage, Zoo Entrance, Trail Life. So you must yeah. just be thinking, holy crap, where do I even go next? Yeah, yeah. It's a park. To get to the Ark, you can kind of branch off to the right and go around the pond on one side, or you can go to the left and go around, but there's all these kind of branching trails like any yeah. theme park. And I don't think Ken Ham would object to me calling it a theme park. It's a park with a theme. Yeah. I think that's totally what he's going for. Uh, but yeah, I get totally distracted by something I see to the left. Okay, let's see. Let's see. 
am Zara's for food. I am hungry, but yeah, I haven't gone that far yet. So I'm looking immediately to my left. The Truth Traveler virtual reality experience. That's right. Oh, boy. I, I, did I have like to, truth and I like to travel. I did have to take some pictures with me in the <laughs> ark. Here's I'm showing Carrie a picture of myself eating the ark because I'm yeah. far enough away that it can look like a submarine sandwich. It looks like one of those big subs. I was uh, unduly proud of that. But yeah. It must I, have taken a while to get it if you did that as a selfie. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I had multiple attempts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like see some of the And then the people walking ones. by going, what's, <laughs> what's he doing? I've got to say, at this point, there's really not that many people milling about. Mm-hmm. Now, some people have gone on to their next tour because they got a ticket to an event that I did not get invited to. Sure. But it's not just for conference goers. The park is fully open to the public. And at this point, oh. it's pretty sparse. I will say over time, like there are boom and bust cycles. So sometimes there's more people in the park, sometimes fewer. But yeah, pretty empty at this point. I'm worried about the animal situation, but I know we'll get there. We will. Okay. Yeah, I'll be interested to get your feedback on that. I handed my camera to uh, someone else to take pictures and uh, it's always a, a dicey proposition just handing a camera to a random person. Yep. Sometimes you get a useful photo. Sometimes they'll take a picture of themselves. Oh, well, one time an ex-boyfriend and I did that and the guy dropped his phone and broke it. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was my ex-boyfriend who would be the least cool about that. Oh, okay. I can guess. Uh All right. That's who it happened to. That's too bad. (laughs) I think it's his birthday this week. Happy birthday, birthday. (laughs) Carrie's temperamental ex. There we go. That's Yeah, there we go. That's a nice way to put it. All right. So let me show you the Truth Traveler. Oh, the Truth Traveler. Okay. Oh, that's fun looking. It kind of looks like Mm -hmm. a pizza joint where I'd play video games. Yes. Okay. Okay. You got it. Yeah. It's Mm kind of like a Retro's 50 futuristic theme. Okay. Whoa. Wasn't expecting that in this land of thousands of years ago. Oh, like a retro futurism kind of thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm listening. And it says on either side of Truth Traveler there. So yeah, they've got this. It looks like it could be a bowling alley too or or an arcade but you tie their side it says virtual reality experience (gasps) i like virtual reality yeah i want to go experience this i can eat later yeah (laughs) i'd be curious what kind of realities but maybe i'd be interested and this is super fun again i think they share my punniness and i'm all for it on the marquee out front it says flood of evidence okay There's also a building immediately to the left of it that's covered in scaffolding and closed, and it doesn't show up on the map. That is the future site of the carousel that Ken Ham is building. I know. Maybe we'll have to go back in five years or whenever it's done. (laughs) The the carousel. Oh. Uh, uh, (laughs) It's not anything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting to picture this round attraction with poles that are going through models of Carrie that you can. Oh my god! <laughs> in, sit on top. Yeah, of. it's just not not working. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make harder, any sense. Harder to pull off and not be sorry you did it. All right, so I walk into the Truth Traveler building, and it's painted inside with this kind of bright blue and red it looks kind of Hmm. like it's kind of geared towards kids yeah kids in 1992 yeah definitely like something that you would see in those odyssey series for kids oh adventures in odyssey yeah 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 it's like this is sort of made for kids yeah Uh, i think of like disney adventures that blue mm. and that red next to each other oh totally and there's not a line in there either very few people inside but yeah it's its own separate building 
and there's a little check-in counter, sort of a box office where you can buy your tickets because it is not included in the price of admission. For you? No. Whoa. I know I've got my full access ticket, but the VR experience is an added cost. Oh, come on. So what about the people who came in just to go to this whole park? Did they pay already or is each thing individual? No, they had to pay to get in the park. Okay, there's a cover just to get in. And do you know what that is? Yes. Whoa. Oh, you found it? Yeah, it's way more expensive than I thought. Okay. 55 bucks for the general admission. Okay. Arkin Museum, 85. Three-day bouncer pass, 99.95. And it's cheaper for kids, right? Yeah, yeah, that was adults. So if you're a senior, it's 45. If you're between 11 and 17, it's 25. If you're 10 and under, it's free. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. He had mentioned that, and I thought that was just a, like conference bonus but that's just the general admission guess so hey it's there for the kids really i think that's kind of why this whole park Mm, was built right yeah yeah so ken ham mentions this later in later talk he gives he's talking about the vr experience and he grumbles says like it costs three million (laughs) dollars it's just interesting that he kind of put that out there and about the art about just this vr experience oh oh i see okay the truth traveler so you could tell he's like, well, I paid a lot of money for yeah, this Yeah, you thing. better like this. <laughs> yeah. Weird. And he's always talking about, oh, it's advanced uh, technology. It's, you know, the kind of thing you would expect to see at Disney or Universal Studios. Why don't people like my thing more? Yeah, he really wants to sell it as like, hey, aren't we cool and we're fresh with the times? It seems like that's always his focus rather than saying like, hey, it's really cool storytelling that allows you to see oh, the arc right. in reality. He's more interested in kind of the financials and making it look like... Like, hey, we're hip, we're cool, we're with it. We have advanced things that you want that you would find at any other top tier adventure park. My friend Jude and I went to a theme park recently that's like a Santa's village that's open all year. We went for Halloween and met Santa. So weird. Okay. But there was a train that we got on that was one of those little ones led by one guy in a hat. Uh-huh. <laughs> we all get on it and like just circle for five or 10 minutes. Oh, is this down at Griffith Park? No, this is on the edge of Lake Arrowhead. Oh. It took us two hours to get there. Wow. <laughs> you went just for that? <laughs> yeah, it was great. We're going right. back. Cool. But it was for Halloween and we met Santa and there were like barely any pumpkins. Anyway. So we get on this train <laughs> and the conductor comes around and he says to us, you know, this train was $100,000. Whoa. Okay. Is a lot of money. Sure. But I'm also like, well. That's actually kind of a steal. I mean, It's a train. That's like five cars. Yeah. Five so, cheap cars. Congratulations on your medium-sized purchase. I don't know (laughs) what you're expecting from me right now. Or for a train. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, So the added cost was $14.99 per person, per adult, which came to $15.89 with tax. And then for children, it's 10 bucks to get on this VR experience. The young woman behind the counter said, you're going to laugh at this. You do need to fill out a waiver. And I did not (laughs) laugh at that. I'm I'm laughing about why we would laugh at that. I don't know. But they had a QR code or like a little iPad you could fill it out on. But you had to read this very long waiver. And, you know, it's the kind of standard stuff you see on a VR. Yeah, yeah. If you're responsive to strobing lights. Exactly. Like really extreme stuff. So I acknowledge that my use of 
ARC VR equipment entails known and unanticipated risks that could result in physical or emotional injury, emotional injury, <laughs> paralysis, death, or Whoa. damage to myself, to property, or to third parties. <gasps> death or damage to third parties? Risks include, among other things, seizures, loss of awareness, eye strain, eye or muscle twitching, involuntary movement, altered, blurred, or double vision, or other visual abnormalities, dizziness, disorientation, impaired balance, impaired hand-eye coordination, excessive sweating, increased salivation, nausea, lightheadedness, discomfort or pain in the head or eyes, drowsiness, decreased ability to multitask. Is this just forever? <laughs> or are they saying in the few minutes after you get off the ride? That's a good question. I don't know what the <laughs> expiration date is okay. on these All right. symptoms. Fatigue or any symptoms similar to motion sickness, all of which can persist, there we go, and become more apparent hours after use and which may lead to an increased risk of injury when engaging in normal activities in the real world after leaving oh, the premises. I see, I see. Like you get all dizzy and you're weirded out and then you... Don't come crying back to that. Yeah, then you like drive a tractor. <laughs> that into a ditch. might do something wrong. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, this is fairly standard legal language. It just, it made me laugh. So you know what? The woman was right. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it was a delayed laughter. <laughs> Another interesting thing was that you say like if i or my child breaks some of the equipment we are liable to pay for it within the next three months wow yeah yeah be Dang. careful take good care of the equipment wow i don't feel like disney or anything ever makes me sign away that oh on one of their attractions yeah there's got to be fine print somewhere yeah i wonder if there's something that's like you know you break it you buy it about <laughs> the snow white ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah it I think it's seem like it. not designed that way. So, all right, I've signed all this away. But now you know the potential dangers, listener, that I'm submitting yeah, myself to. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm not really that concerned. No, I've noticed that your hand-eye coordination has been off ever since you came back. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> they recommend it for children six or older. Like, there's a 40 inches tall recommendation, but it's up to the parents. Here's my ticket for the Arc Truth Traveler Admit One. Flood of reality. Okay. So I got my time ticket. Is a flood. And I wait in the queue all by myself for it to be 2.30, which is my time now. I'm holding the ticket, listeners. So then the, like a guy comes up with his son, but they hadn't filled out the waiver, so the lady couldn't let them in oh, yet. Oh, they're going to laugh. <laughs> they're going to love this. So I got to go straight in. It was just me by myself. And so they because they hadn't signed the waiver and they had to wait. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, they got to read through that long got, thing and sign it. Later. So my yeah. turn to go in. And it turns out they could have taken us any time because <laughs> there's because there's like three of you. Yeah. You walk out of this room, you know, with all its jaunty adventure music playing. And now you're in the inner sanctum where they have the actual bays with the VR machines. So mm. there's 12 bays. Six on each side, left and right. And, and each bay has four seats. They look kind of like theater seats. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's the special technology. It says MX4D. So it's one of those like 4D experiences. Mm. You're going to have smell water sprinkled on you and smell. Oh. Yeah. And air blown at you. And the thing's going to move. The seats rock and they judder. And, yeah. Okay. And, the simulator things. Yeah. And you're wearing headsets. And I got excited by that because I'm a big VR enthusiast. And I said, ooh, Vives. It looked like they were Vive 2 headsets. And the lady said, oh, People always think they're Oculus. Very good. <laughs> and it's because that's the only one they've heard of. Right. In every interview I've heard Ken Ham talking about this, he references 
Oculus. So they're probably just thinking like, we can't get Ken Ham to call it the right thing. <laughs> so the lady who lets me in is Madeline. She shows me where to sit and I get my choice of any of the four seats. I ask if any of them is better than the other. Mm. Nope. <laughs> but, but she says- <laughs> But you can choose. Usually people go for the center one. So, okay. So I grab a center seat and uh, there's a little poster with a, you know like decals in front of you, like futuristic buttons and light panels and- Oh, okay. Like you are sitting at Star Command or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a very good way of saying it with a little TT logo for Truth Traveler. Oh, okay. I thought that was a hammer and sickle, but that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you so, so teach confusing. the children communism. Yeah, I didn't expect that what here. What is the point of view here? So now I've got the headset on me. And so this is something I can't like photograph or sure. record. You just but have to use the gift of sight. The eyes the Lord gave me. So my overall impression is, this thing's pretty good. Yeah? They did a really good job. Okay. I think Ken Ham got his $3 million worth. Okay. So you hear that, Ken? Yeah, you put on the headset and you're inside. You can look all around you because it's VR. And if you look behind you, it's kind of this like time travel machine. Sure. Uh, with all of these little buttons and stuff, kind of like you saw in front of you, sort of star command like, a little, mm-hmm. little cartoony. And then if you look in front of you, well, first, I think it starts with a hologram, Ken Ham. And Ooh. yeah, so he sort of like shoots up into the console and he delivers a little message about. That's fun. It is like Jurassic what Park. You're going to say, yeah, yeah, like John Hammond from your blood. Yeah, yeah. And Ken Hammond. They even, <laughs> they even have a little robot that drops down from the ceiling to greet you and he introduces himself as pod and everywhere you see him referred to it's like p period o period d period Uh, i don't know why i didn't ask then but i want to know now what that stands for yeah it's got to be an acronym wasn't there a christian man called that too yeah that was like and i think theirs was payment on death oh that's right that's which i doubt maybe payable on death that would make sense yeah yeah like a reference to uh salvation which i would be really surprised that this little cartoony friendly robot with a british voice if that stood for that so i actually i called them up this morning oh And I got a very helpful young lady on the phone. She said, oh, yeah, I think it does stand for something, but I can't remember what. Hold on a second. I'm going to go ask people. (laughs) So so I I hang on the phone for a while. And and I guess she talks to other people who work there. And she comes back and says, yeah, everyone else agrees. Like it stands for something. And maybe he says it at the beginning, (laughs) but we don't remember. Can you email info at arkencounter.com and we'll get back to you? So I did. And I just checked. I haven't heard back yet. Oh, man. I know this is important. So yeah, thanks for doing the fact check. If it comes up, I will let you know what POD stands for. Oh, I want to know. This little robot. But essentially, he's like a little screen with animated eyes. And then he's got little arm attachments. Very cute. Uh, very well designed. So after- And ho- does he talk? Yeah. Oh. He has a British accent. Whoa. Yeah. Very okay. believable. Is it? I don't know. Okay. So after you've heard from Ken Ham, now you are in present day at that perfect location on the other end of the pond looking at the Ark, looking all brand new. and Oh, yeah, where I could be standing in real life. How the wood originally looked. Right. Yes, very pretty. But yeah, it's like, oh, that's interesting. I was just there taking yeah, yeah, photos yeah. and now I'm darker. back there again. And it looks great. Like the graphics are great. It's 4K. They're very proud of that as well, as they should be. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. It's just high resolution, 4,000 pixels across. Here, I'll show you a little preview video. Hello there. You can call me Pod. 
I have been equipped to navigate the complicated fabric of time and space. Here we go! Fancy, right? Yeah, fun. Yeah, like the graphics are good. So it's, it's very much like Star Tours. It also kind of reminds me of Cosmos, where you get in the ship of the imagination. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot what that Epcot ride was called. I'm referring to like the Carl Sagan Cosmos. Oh, and- oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. I thought you meant the thing that's inside the Epcot ball, which also oh. is, is similar. Yeah, I haven't yeah. been inside the Epcot ball. I've, oh. I've been to Epcot once and I didn't get to that. Oh, it's fun. Okay. Cool. But anyway, so you're in the time machine, essentially. And I think this is really well designed it's a great way to contextualize the arc and i can't remember if they said it inside there but i know in the advertising they mentioned that you're going almost 4,500 years into the past which immediately got me thinking like wow that's crazy because they only believe the earth is 6,000 years old and so they think that the arc occurred 25% of the way into human history, the Earth's history, Uh which is just crazy to me. Like I always think of it as being, because it's, you know, it starts in Genesis chapter six. I think of it as being right after the creation, Uh not Uh soon thereafter, but I guess there was a lot of time for God to get pissed at all the people on the planet. But also people lived super long, according to the textual description. Meaning the Bible, yeah. Right. So in Genesis five, they give us the chronology from Adam to Noah and count the generations here. We've got Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch. Interesting story. God took him away at the age of 365. They make it sound like God kind of swept him up into the sky. He didn't like die. Then Methuselah. Everybody knows that name because he lived to 969 years old. 69, 969. (laughs) That's correct. Then Lamech and then Noah. So yeah, very few generations that filled up one quarter of the Earth's whole history. Yeah. Insane. Anyways. It just that kind of floored me just thinking like, wow, okay, that's the timeline. Do you think Noah was a guy? I mean, do you Oh, think- like a historical yeah, figure? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Well, I mean, I don't think like, you're <laughs> looking at me like, are you well? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think he like built an ark and took a bunch of, here's oh, what I could imagine yeah. having happened. Here's, here's the best thing I can summon. Every year, there are those psychics who predict what's going to happen in uh-huh. the next calendar year, and then- just because of the sheer number of predictions, someone gets something right, and then they're oh, like, yeah. whoa. Mm-hmm. So I could see the guy who in town has always been like, God talks in my ear, and he said to build a ship, and mm-hmm. I'm building a ship, and then it actually rains a lot that year, and then right. they're like, oh, he is so knowledgeable. Totally. And we'll get into this later, because there's a whole exhibit on various other flood myths around the world, mm-hmm. and there are many, but- Absolutely. There were regional floods in various places that wiped out civilizations, made everything really difficult for the people living there in what they knew as their whole world. Yeah. And a lot of people died and they had to evacuate and find a new place to be. I'm sure that happened all the time. And then that got encoded in these myths of the whole world flooding. Yeah. I guess I'm just wondering if there was a guy who just who had auditory hallucinations 
and got looped in this wild story. Yeah, this is one where Hard it's just know. so ancient. Yeah, that who knows? That it'd be pure speculation to say that there was yeah, some original Ned Ludd that it was based on. But the Epic of Gilgamesh is so very similar, mm. and that's an older account than mm-hmm. the one in the Bible. But yeah, we'll definitely talk more about that later. Gilgamesh sounds like the guy who heard from God in his ear. Yeah. 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 Totally a Gilgamesh thing. Gilgamesh type. All right. So we're looking at the current day arc and then we start going back in time. And it's really cool because you see the Ken Ham arc built and then disappear as we go back in time. And then we go back to, I don't know, like prairie days. And then we Mm. go back farther to, you see like mammoths walking the earth in Kentucky, I guess. And then we go back farther and now Kentucky is covered in a sea. They would agree that happened at some point. Okay. But just not as long ago as scientists would tell us. (laughs) (laughs) And so then there's like a plesiosaur swimming underwater that comes and bites our ship and we go back farther in time. So then we get to Noah's time. And presumably we've moved because I don't think he believes it was built in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Good point. I guess we've moved in time and space. And so we see... Or maybe the Earth has rotated and you've stayed hovered above it. Yeah. Right. Well, like if you're really fixed in space, then the Earth is somewhere way far away. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. Time and space relative. So you have to use some artistic license, of course. So we see the original arc in construction and there's all this you know wooden scaffolding and piles of lumber and these kind of ancient cranes that have been made noah and his sons are there working on the construction of the ark and you see guys coming by and sort of surveying what they're doing or making fun of noah those scoffers yeah they're gonna they're gonna be sorry they're gonna be sorry when they're knocking on the door when the flood is happening so then we jump forward a bit and we see the arc quickly built as it all comes together the animation wasn't too great on the humans by the way but you know still three million dollars worth yeah pretty good yeah it is impressive i gotta say and whenever you're doing the time travel the seats like really shake and rumble you fun that's what time travel's like takes a lot of energy so now we see the arc all completed and there's a bunch of animals walking into it and you see some things that are identifiable as like lion cubs and apes and birds and pterodon just to let you know some of these things that we consider as prehistoric Mm -hmm. oh they were there too and a lot of animals they've kind of rendered as looking like those artistic depictions of early common ancestors of modern animals oh yeah and they're kind of like gray and brown and indistinct Hmm. i thought it was interesting they didn't take more artistic license to kind of make them there's the ones god made from scratch yeah but i think they're already trying to communicate the idea of kinds and that yeah you had these things that eventually micro evolved right that's okay right into (laughs) different things as long as uh you know a horse-like creature produces other horse-like creatures that's fine evolution can do that right right but you can't get a duck out of a horse right by the way scientists agree with as well Uh (laughs) okay so we jump forward again and now everybody and everything's inside the ark the sky's getting dark and the flood starts water's just flushing (laughs) flooding down from the sky but also as the bible describes waters come up from the deeps so there's just water like gushing out of the ground and And this is still on a screen they're not splashing water on you uh yeah as 
I'm trying to think that they spritzed water on me. Not that I recall. Okay. But definitely. They didn't go for it. Definitely there's always air blowing in your face and even like some scents. They'll try to give like some new wood scent you know, okay. while the arc's being built. And the graphics are really good. So you're seeing like these walls of water come up and the arc sort of straining to move out of its place on the ground and it's coming towards you. And it's all very impressive. Oh, I haven't been going through the photos on this website. So let me give you some more screenshots of what's happening here there's the animals coming on there we go there's the flood building up but yeah it it was quite dramatic and i gotta say impressive like wow this is quite compelling and i always kind of fantasize about being able to go back in a time machine and capture footage of the life of jesus or just the distant now you don't have to past (laughs) right and i always think like i wouldn't be at all worried about going back in a time machine and seeing what the actual past looked like. And I always kind of wonder, like, would a creationist be at all worried? Because oh, right. this would really give lie to the fact if you could somehow do that. Yeah, but, or they'd have to just say, oh, so something's wrong with this time machine. Yeah, yeah. The, some alternate past. But this tells me that they have kind of the same fantasy and they play mm-hmm. it out and they're very confident. Yeah, if we go back in time, we would see this actual thing oh, actually yeah. happening. Right. I would take that wager. So we see the Ark floating around in the turbid waters, and then we like fly inside of it, Ooh. and we get to see the interior. So this is a nice little preview oh, of what I'm about to experience in the actual Ark. That so you- actually looks like the movie Noah. Oh, yeah. The Darren the Darren, right. Oh, I got to rewatch that now. Oh, I hated it. Oh, I remember not really liking it when I saw it, but I'm going to rewatch it anyway. So you see some of the animals inside their pens. And of course, there's dinosaurs. Yes, actually, that's, I think, one of the most common questions that people ask me when I tell them I've gone to the Ark. They say, oh, Mm. do they have dinosaurs in there? Yep, there are dinosaurs on the Ark. And we go past a lot of different types of animals, but then we get real close to this T-Rex inside of a cage. And it's like, oh no, he's going to get us because we're getting too close to him. But, you know, obviously we get away, we survive, yay. So are there also dinosaurs in the Ark when you get there in person? There sure are. Okay, okay, cool. Oh yeah, I'm excited to tell you about the dinosaurs. And then we shoot forward a little bit again, and now we see the boat safely nestled on the top of Mount Ararat. Yeah, it's quite lovely. It's on a little promontory of rock, and there's waterfalls around it as the water's receding, and there's, of course, a rainbow above it. Yep. You expect the word perseverance to be at the top of the screen Mm. in all white. (laughs) Yeah, it's a total motivational poster. But yeah, it's all quite lovely, and they hired like a real Hollywood designer, Michael Spooner, apparently an ex-Disney guy. He's worked in many many places in the industry and I couldn't find anything immediately about him being particularly religious. I think they just hired a guy who was a really good visual development artist and sure enough, created all this amazing artwork and yeah, artistically, really well done. Gotta say, I was very impressed. I had a great time and at the very end after, you know, you're settled on Mount Ararat, uh, hologram Ken Ham comes again and gives you a spiritual message and essentially a salvation message and pitches this really interesting theme that you'll get over and over throughout the ark visit and that's talking about that door the one door that let you into the ark Mm. to be saved and tying that to salvation oh jesus is the one door yes Yes. you got it that's it jesus is the door and so there's just to make it extra clear there's like a glowing (laughs) cross that appears on the door door. okay this is the prototype for the cross 
Yeah, they'll really make a lot of hay out of that. But I thought, okay, interesting. That sounds a lot like the Kirk Cameron Christmas movie I told you about that just came out a couple years ago. Uh He's like, a lot of people say that Christmas has gotten too consumerist. Well, I disagree because if you look (laughs) at all all the packages stacked up next to each other under the tree and you look at them as if they're buildings in the distance, it looks like Jerusalem. Wow. It looks like the sky. Line. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't think that metaphor is working for anyone but you. Okay, Kirk Cameron. So the whole thing was about 10 minutes long. And uh, I asked the docent to uh, help me out afterwards if I could get it on my own vibe system. Can you purchase this on the Steam store? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, no, <laughs> only at the park for now. And apparently they want to add additional features in the future. So sure. they've got the hardware and the idea is you could come in and say, oh, I want this experience or I want this experience. But for now, they have the flood of reality. And again, I got to say, I, I had a good time, like pretty cool, cool. Good, good technology. And, you know, help Ken Ham pay off his uh, $3 million. <laughs> so that was it. That was the VR experience. Woohoo. Dang. If you were going to open a VR experience mm-hmm. and you wanted to advertise it, how do you think you would do that? I would probably want to make a website that people could go to. Okay. And it would have blocks of text. It would also have images, maybe even video. Whoa. Well, that's way too demanding and I don't have a suggestion for you. Okay. Well, I mean, the arc is a rectangle. But maybe the space online that I would create could be a different shape. Hmm. Like a circle? No. Hmm. Like, I still want hard edges on Hmm. my site design, but not Hmm. quite so elongated. Hmm. Like, maybe more of a square. Rhombus? Yeah. I mean, technically, it would still be a rhombus. Okay. And even a parallelogram. I have no ideas for you. I'm so sorry. Okay. I don't have any solutions. But glad we had this talk. Yeah. While we're talking, though, you should build a website on Squarespace. Oh. Tell me more about Squarespace. That's this website for building other websites. It's actually one of the sponsors of this show, and I was bullshitting you. They can get your video up there. They can get your text up there. They can schedule things for you, get a calendar. Oh, they can do so much. Get beautiful designs so people look at it and be like, what, is this guy an artiste? And you'll be like, yes, see. But I don't have time to build all that stuff. Are there templates I could choose from and then just kind of customize them to my design specifications? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you'd phrase it that way. That's like exactly what you would do. So they give you all these templates. You go and you pick one that you like. You say, I like how that looks generally. But mm-hmm. instead of a picture of this lady I've never met, I'm going to put a picture of me. Amazing. Like one of those picture frames you buy at the store. It's like, yes. this lady looks very nice, but, she's but I got, don't know her. Yeah. And she's got like a barcode on her ass. Cara, what should we do with this picture frame? Maybe we put something else in here. Exactly. It's like that, but a website. Okay. And then you just put in your own content and all of a sudden bada bing now, you got a professional looking website uh, well, how many cubits on either side is this square space oh that's a really good six. Oh, that's good yeah yeah six. oh well, that's wonderful Okay. And they're all optimized for mobile right out of the box. However many qubits your phone is. It doesn't even matter. It'll show up properly it'll anyway. It'll re-qubit. Amazing. <laughs> and, re-qubit. And you get customizable galleries to display images and videos in unique ways. 
You can get a little calendar on there so your clients can be like, oh, when can I talk to Carrie? She, oh, she looks really busy and important. Okay, Wednesday at three it is, I guess. That can be your client. Amazing. Well, whatever it is that you want to put on the internet, and you know, everybody wants a website for a passion project, for your business, for you personally. For you. you can get your own domain. You can try out all the tools and then only pay for the site even after you've started building it when you're ready to go. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. Squarespace believes in its own product. Yeah, really like that. So head to squarespace.com slash ono for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code ONO to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, the qubits don't lie. But Carrie, if I'm browsing other people's websites mm -hmm. and I'm looking to purchase some stuff, mm -hmm. maybe I find a nice Noah's Qubit online mm -hmm. that I can use as a back scratcher but also to build large seafaring vessels. But you don't want to spend too much on it. Right. Mm -hmm. There's Classic. like I put it in my shopping cart and I go to check out. But then it says, insert your offer code here. And I'm like, I, I didn't even know there I'm not, were I'm not a VIP. Codes. No one gave me a discount code. What do I put in here? Yeah. And you don't have one already. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a solution because today's episode is sponsored in part by Honey. The easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. See, it's this free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart at checkout. And all of a sudden, the thing you were going to buy is cheaper. Now, this is my time that I've messed with you, Carrie, because you know what? I actually have Honey installed on my browser. Oh, devil you. I know. It's always watching what I do, but in a, in a very beneficial way where... Mm -hmm. It's waiting Good for- Good Santa. Yeah, right. <laughs> for me to get to a shopping cart. And then it says, hey, 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 I've got some offer codes. You want to try them? It's like, what's there to lose? Yeah. Nothing. As long as you didn't already have a- Code to begin with. Yeah, if I had one, then I'm like, I'm good. I'll use that. Thank you very I'll much. I'll use that. I'm going to give money to Ono Podcast. Yeah. But if I don't, well. This happens all the time. It doesn't matter what I'm shopping for. Often food items. I find mm -hmm. honey is very good for food items. It just pops up and it says, I even like this. It has good manners. It'll say when you first get to the site, hey, we have offer codes for this site. You want to apply them? And you can just say like, uh, remind me later. And then when you get to the cart, then it says again, like, hey, you want to try them now? Like, this is the time. Let's go. And you can also be like, no, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. No prop. The power is in your hands. So you just click apply coupons and you watch those prices drop. And it doesn't just work on your desktop. You can also use it on your iPhone. Just activate it on Safari and save on the go. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. Oof. I know. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting our show. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash oh no. That's joinhoney.com slash oh no. All right. So I left the truth traveler. I was happy. I was back in the real world. Looks very similar to the world <laughs> I just left. Oh, yeah. We did come back to the present time, I should say, by the way, before Ken Ham gave us oh, his good, little salvation good. message. We stopped by like some folks on the prairie and our little time machine blew one of their hats off. It was kind of cute. This would be a great story, though, if they forgot to bring you back and you walked <laughs> out and it was still prairie time. <gasps> I never left. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, that's the beginning of a possibly bad, possibly good movie. There are many Amish and Mennonite looking people yeah, at the Ark. So could be fun. Halfway there. Yeah. Like an M. Night Shyamalan film yeah, or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, high highs, low lows. <laughs> I'm thinking of the village. 
But uh, right outside of this, again, there are pathways that are leading around to various exhibits and features at the Ark. Right in front of me, there's one of those little stands where you can take a picture inside the blank face. Oh, fun. Usually a cartoon <laughs> character or something. I see my head is missing. <laughs> yeah, you should and be And so the... you are sad. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we should Photoshop you in here. So this was, I found out later, Shem and Ariel. Okay. And it's so funny. So they've come up with these artistic representations of Noah and his wife and the three sons and their wives. And each of the pairings has like different skin pigments. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So Shem and Ariel, they've made up a name for his wife, are kind of a middle brown. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's like what they say. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then you've got on, on okay. the, the flip side and they're wearing, let's see, I've got as uh, Shem, I've got this kind of blue tunic. I guess that I'm wearing. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Skirt. I'm yeah. carrying a staff. Yeah. Skirt kind of rolled up. I don't know. Yeah. They've done some visual development here. And then my wife standing next to me has kind of a long flowing gown that reveals her shoulder, some light jewelry, but you know, enough to be appropriate, not an immoderate amount of jewelry. Unless you're Seventh-day Adventist, then any amount, no good. We're leaving children. <laughs> and then on the other side, you have Japheth and his wife, Raina, so they've given her a name as well. So they've got like more white skin. Mm -hmm. And so they're wearing darker and lighter green. He's also carrying a staff. I assume this is all a product of just them thinking, well, wait, hang on. If all of humanity came from this boat, then we need to represent every or at least hint at representing everybody in the different lines. And this is why we have different skin tones. Yeah. Well, as Ken Ham in his intro speech said, like he already worked it out that Adam and Eve were middle brown. Oh, right. So this is another major bottleneck in the human population Okay. to like one boat of individuals. Yeah. And they've specified it's eight people that were on the ark, only eight, not okay. like there was a stowaway in Noah, the Darren Aronofsky film. Oh, uh -huh. And also, you gave me a little book called Two by Two. Very obscure oh, okay. little book. And it was a story set on the ark. And there was another guy that was kind of a stowaway, an oh, additional funny. person. There's even a New Testament passage that makes it clear that there were only eight people on the ark. And if the Bible says it, well, that's set in stone. Yeah, of course. Only of course. eight people. Noah, his wife. The only thing we're committed to here. And four of them are named, coincidentally, men. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> and the women... Don't have names. Noah, Shem, Ham. Ham. Oh, it's Ham? Yeah, like Ken like Ham. Like Ken Ham. Okay. And Kevin? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Japheth. Japheth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rolls right off the tongue. So at the Ark, they've come up with fanciful names for the women because, you know, they've got to show these yeah, characters. Yeah, sure. And there's going to be figures of them inside the Ark and they've got to do all the tasks of taking care of all these animals and everything. So, yeah, they've given them names. I encountered this in various places, like there was a cup that you could buy that had the characters on it that I also wanted to buy. And then you encounter them inside the Ark. So they've given Noah's wife the name Emzara. Uh, Whoa, is that like an existing Hebrew name? So there's a lot of history about this. So in the book of Jubilees, which is not part of the biblical canon, right. but it is in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, her name is Emzara there. And also in the Genesis Apocryphon, which was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, 
they also say Noah's wife was Imzara. And he's okay with that? I wouldn't think he'd be okay with either of those texts. Well, at least they present that and say it's not canon, but this is sort of a historical name that's given to her. But there's like a whole Wikipedia entry on the people on the boat Uh and Noah and his son's wives in particular and historically attributed names. And there are so many. So like the book of Tobit, which again is written between the canons of the Old Testament and the New Testament, says that Noah's wife was one of his own kindred. Remember, it's okay mm. to marry your relatives. Yeah, good. Oh, it's first good for him. It's first Peter 3.20 that tells us in the New Testament that there are eight people on the ark. But yeah, there are various other non-canonical books and works that call Noah's wife Vesta. 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 Pansa. Blousa. Barthanos, which sounds a lot like, or Barthenos, which sounds a lot like Parthenos, which is the word for virgin that comes up a lot in the mm. debates about uh, Mary. Mary. Hykal is another name given for her in a different work. Noria in Gnostic literature. She's got a bunch of names. Okay. But they've decided, yeah, let's go with Emzara. Yeah, let's go with one that rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Emzara is kind of... It's kind of cool. So there is a restaurant called Emzara's Kitchen. Oh, yes. I did see that on my map. Okay. And you can see that is the biggest of the restaurants. Yeah, it's located like right in, if the arc were pointing towards something, it would be pointing straight into that <laughs> restaurant. So it's like located kind of right in front of the prow of the ship. It's two stories. It's the biggest eating place. And I never ate there. No. Because it's kind of this uh, buffet style thing mm-hmm. for the family. And it's sixteen ninety nine per person. You pay like the fee and then you go in. And I don't know, just never quite felt like that. Also, it's decorated inside with a lot of taxidermy. Ew. So we've got, I don't know, is that an elk? Oh my God, I don't know. And then, you know, all these other animals prancing around the outside of it. So yeah, it, uh, it feels a bit like a hunter's lodge gross. on the inside. <laughs> Not Carrie's... Uh, desired place to go eat stuff Mm -mm, mm -mm. so i don't know i it always just looked like too much of a to-do and i was usually kind of on the go so i never actually ate inside of mzara's kitchen but there you go so i made my way and i looked at the various food options so there's a lot of little like stands there's kezia's cold drinks she's the wife of ham so they're both black okay or highly pigmented according to ken ham yes okay Oh, right. Yeah. The Bible gives us none of that. There's Zofar's food and drinks. That's where you can get like hot dogs or cheeseburgers or pizza. So they have cheese pizza there. So that was a a good destination for me. But I didn't eat there this time. There's also a village ice cream and sweets. Sounds fun. Hmm. But I didn't go there. Oh, on the way. Where did you eat? I will eventually get food. There's a Noah's Village stage. So it's just this kind of big covered area where they'll have employees get up and give a presentation. And every time I went by there, they were doing something different. Sometimes there was like a musical performance. Okay. Um, This time there were some like zookeepers showing off animals. So I guess technically these were snake handlers because they were showing off snakes. Uh, So there we go. Snake handlers at the ark. Okay. All right. But but it it wasn't like, uh, you know. Pentecostalism. Yeah. (laughs) Sure, sure. I'm just having fun. Yeah. No, I was, I was sighing at animal junk. Oh, okay. Just animals being put on display. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I don't have high faith in this situation. Gotcha. But as I'm working my way through these various food stands and, you know, this Noah's Village stage, I'm getting closer and closer to the actual ark. So I'm getting some nice close up photos of it. Look at that pretty ark. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, there's, funnel cakes. Yeah, there's a village funnel cakes. I don't get too excited about funnel cakes. So I didn't eat there Me either. Me neither. I don't know why I made that noise. <laughs> okay. A lot of other people love it. That like fried yeah. sweets thing. Not my bag. Yeah, I, I felt I was letting you down there for a second. So, nope. okay. I'm glad we have solidarity. Um, I mean, they're good. It's not bad. If someone hands me some, I'll be like, sure. So then I got some good, cool pictures of just the arc. Oh, yeah. Nice. Waiting for people to uh, get out of the way. Like, move, mister. Yeah, that arc got dark. <laughs> it's, it's a much different color. Got real dark. Huh. And here we go. I found the Southwest Grill, and they made tacos. Okay. And they're all like chicken and beef tacos, but I think they were able to improvise for me. I got my food there and went to sit down and eat my food, and I noticed the bag was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yes. I remember seeing this. Yeah, I've shown you this before, but we've got- You might have given me one. I think I did, but we've got some flood slash arc fun facts. Okay. So it talks about uh, cubits. The Ark Encounter is based on a 20.4-inch cubit. I like this. This is a major point because my mom, for example, recently said to me that the one great evidence of the Bible is that the Ark has been found. Oh. She believed that. Okay. And so I told her, Mom, even creationists don't believe that. <laughs> you, can, you can let that one go. And so the second point here is, has the Ark been found? Despite many reported sightings on Mount Ararat, it is highly unlikely that Noah's Ark has been discovered in recent centuries or ever will be discovered because <laughs> it probably has not survived the elements for over four millennia. Okay. I mean, true. Yeah. But also, if they thought they found it right there, I don't know. I just wonder if they'd stick to that. Yeah. If there was a credible discovery, they'd yeah. back it up. But I think this is totally to their credit that they at least... Don't get sensational about it or make up stories about how the Turkish government won't let us get close or we saw this outcropping of rock, but it was actually the Ark. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm just thinking with all of Ken Ham's bluster the other day and all of his, I don't know, tribalism Mm. about other churches and stuff. Oh, yeah. I feel like if he found a piece of Noah's Ark, all discussion would change. Okay. Yeah, sure. But at least at this point, you know, it's always nice to see one conspiracy theorists tell others like, hey, let's not use this argument. Actually, not so good. Sure. What did the Ark look like? Many depict the Ark as box-shaped, while the Ark encounter features a curved hole. Either shape is possible. The Hebrew noun for Ark, teva, does not describe the shape. Rather, it likely communicates the function or purpose, Hmm. preserving life. Why does our Ark feature a sail? The bowfin is often mistaken for a sail. That's that big prominent thing that we were talking about sticks off the top. This rigid structure, along with the stern projection, would cause the arc to turn into the waves for a safer ride. Without these features, the arc would turn side on into the waves, making for a miserable journey. Boy, that's the sermon that writes itself, though. Hmm. You know, the arc has to turn into the waves. Oh, yes. In order to survive the sea. And in troubling times... So we too must turn, turn into, into the, the waves. waves. Yes. Oh, I like yes. it. Yeah, yeah. And final fun fact, could everything fit? All of the estimated, ooh, here we go. Here's an exciting number that they've worked out. Okay. 1,398 animal kinds. Okay. 6,744 total animals. Okay. And eight people. along with sufficient food and supplies for about a year would have fit in the ark god knew just how big it needed to be and he communicated this information to noah why 
So they'll break this down ad nauseum later. But this is always the big, well, there's quite a few big logic points that people will kind of throw at the arc story and say like, all right, this doesn't really pan out. But one of them is like, okay, every animal, every type, every species fit on this one, albeit giant boat. I don't think so. Of course. Could these people take care of them? Could they deal with the internecine warfare between the different animals? Could they dispose of all of the leavings? Could they feed them? All of that. Yeah. How are you going to protect insect species? How are you going to get those on the boat? Right. You know, do you need to have fish on there or can they survive on their own? Right, there are only right. certain kinds of fish, to use the word kinds. Yeah, insects is a huge question. You're like all 8,000 varieties of beetles. <laughs> right, right. Of spiders. which God is inordinately fond of. Yeah, spiders. Exactly. So however you start to picture it, it seems ridiculous, but they've done the math. So we'll visit this later. But there you go. There's the side of your food bag version of that. Also on the other side, there's a dinosaur quiz. So let's quiz Carrie. Okay, cool. Number one, what was the average size of an adult dinosaur? A, house cat. B, goat. C, bison. D, elephant. Goat. The answer is C, uh, bison. Bison. Very close. Okay. Interesting. I don't know if I think that's true or not. You know, I've always heard like the average dinosaur was the size of a chicken. So I guessed wrong on that one too. I would have said house cat. Based on this bag. Right. And I think the idea is that they had juveniles on. That's, again, one of those questions people, they're like, how did you fit the T-Rex on there? Well, mm. it was a juvenile T-Rex. <laughs> okay, number a teen Rex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. Number two, what is the best evidence that dinosaurs and men lived at the same time? The Bible. A, ancient artwork depicting dinosaur-like animals. No. B, certain dragon legends. C, Maybe. soft tissue in bones. Or D, Genesis 1, 24 through 28. D. That's right. Yeah, the Bible. (laughs) It's in the Bible. The Bible came through again. Number three, what was the original diet of tyrannosaurs? A, fish. B, fresh meat. And they tell us what kind of vor that each of these are. C, plants. Or D, plants and meat. Oh, plants? Yeah, we've talked about this one. So C is the correct answer. Well done. Number four, when were dinosaurs created? A, 65 million years ago. B, now I'm laughing at that. (laughs) B, 240 million years ago. C, 2,348 BC. Or D, about 6,000 years ago. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know if they were at the beginning or not. So I guess C? D, about 6,000 years ago. Okay, the same as the rest. I didn't know if there was any order to this. They had to be created on the sixth day, right? Oh, oh, good point, good point. What am I thinking, Carrie? Get in the game, of course. God damn it. (laughs) Number five, which one of the creatures pictured on this panel is not a dinosaur? And they showed outlines of a Tyrannosaurus, a Stegosaurus, and a Pteranodon. Sorry, my brain is just going like, well, the answers aren't the answers. Why are you doing this? Okay. (laughs) What games are you playing with me? (laughs) Which one of the creatures pictured is not a dinosaur? I don't even know what you mean. All three, because they're actually stamps of ink on a bag. (laughs) Carrie's not buying your Rorschach (laughs) test. Apparently, C. So the Pteranodon. Yeah, well, that's like just a little science fact. Like, oh, it's actually a different lineage. It doesn't fall under the dinosaurs. And they accept that one for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah, convenient facts. It doesn't even seem convenient. They'll gladly take. By the way, the verse that they mentioned earlier for the evidence that dinosaurs and men lived at the same time 
God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. There you go. So there you uh, go. They, they were made right before man. And finally, number six, approximately how many created kinds of dinosaurs were there? A, one. B, 60 to 80. C, 700 to 1,000. D, exactly 1,398. Such a bizarre question. I have okay. no idea what to do with that. Um, I'm as flummoxed as you are. God. Approximately. Well, first of all, C and D would also make C right. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Okay. One... 60 to 80. Oh, God, I don't know. I, I'll say, I'll just go with the exact one, D. Oh, wow, you gave it more thought than I did. I was like, what is this? <laughs> B, so apparently 60 to 80. Okay. Okay, what great. A, what a fact to uh, drill into children's heads. And then on the side of the bag, there's like a little matching game with the days of creation. <laughs> and uh, and then on the other side, we have creation or evolution. Which view has the most evidence? I'll just read one paragraph. The truth is both sides observe the exact same evidence. We study the same fossils, trees, stars, animals, etc. Hmm. The reason we reach different conclusions is due to the competing frameworks we use to interpret the evidence. Yeah, okay. Our worldviews. There's something to that. There's something almost self-aware about that. Okay, and the final paragraph sums up. The best way to learn what happened in the past is to consult a reliable eyewitness. Since God has always existed, cannot lie, and has revealed to us in Scripture when and how he created everything, we have the inerrant testimony of the most reliable eyewitness, the Creator. (sighs) All right, well... I remember saying stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and... Hey, when this is what everyone around you presents to you, yeah, and you're a young, no, that wasn't the case for me. But when you're a young sponge of a, a youth, yeah, and you take an information, you get excited about it, and you spit it right back out. Yeah, totally yeah. reasonable. This all has a certain internal logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there we go. We're we're very close to the arc now, and <laughs> we uh, haven't gotten on. But Carrie has things to do. That's true. I've yammered very a long important. time, so I swear next time we will set foot on the arc, I will tell you about the cool stuff on there we'll also talk about the animals okay the real animals outside the ark well that's it for our show this episode was edited by victor figueroa our administrative manager is ian kramer you can support this and all our investigations by going to maximumfund.org forward slash join and our theme music is by brian keith dalton and thank you for supporting us everybody who does you make this podcast possible it would not happen we would not get tickets to kentucky we wouldn't do a lot of things Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making this happen. You can also support us by leaving a positive review Yeah. on whatever platform it is that you listen to us that takes reviews. You can write yourself a letter mm-hmm. and then put it in a vault mm-hmm. and then open it in 10 years. And in it, the only advice you've given yourself is to still listen to Ona Ross and Carrie. You could draw a picture of what a Carrie cell actually looks like. Mm. And it'll probably be very disturbing and send it to us. Or put that in a vault. There's just so many ways to support the show. And remember... In the words of a family of animated giraffes... Seriously, Dad, I want to go. I told you, it's not that big. Great-granddaddy couldn't even fit right. That thing's not to scale. It's a cartoon. The real one's bigger than a football field. For real? Come on, you don't even have to pay for me. Kids are free. All right, all right. Can't be that big. Whoa! Whoa. Whoa.
<laughs> Told you, Dad. You just gotta think bigger. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hello, I'm Lori Kilmerton. We do a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it anytime you want it because there's hundreds of episodes. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing comedy forever, and we should both quit. So why don't you listen up <laughs> before we leave this not only terrible business, but this awful world. And find out why we can't. <laughs> because we love it so. <laughs> Jackie and Lori Show. Every week here on MaximumFun.org. Hi, it's Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun. I am breaking into this programming to say thank you to MaxFun's members. Your purchases in this year's post-MaxFun Drive patch sale raised over $50,000 for Trans Lifeline. Maybe you already know about the good work that Trans Lifeline does. If you don't, they're a trans-run organization that offers direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis. If you want to learn more about the work Trans Lifeline does or support them further, go to translifeline.org. Thanks for supporting Maximum Fun. Thanks for supporting Trans Lifeline. And thanks for being awesome people who want to do good in the world. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.